Golf Kid Jenkins is one of the best skateboarders in the world. The answer is true. Did Cookiehead Jenkins do Stalefish 540s? He did. Was he the second person that we ever saw do them? Who was the first? Okay, true or false? Cookiehead made two graphics. One was a cease and desist by NHS. Uh, that's probably a true. I mean, uh, of course Cookiehead's done things that other people don't like. That's because he's Cookiehead doing what he likes. That's why we like him. True or false? Cookiehead was sponsored by a bong company. Well, that's the easy truth. Cookhead wrote for all the bong companies. He had all the friends of the friends. True or false, while living on a boat, Cookiehead Jenkins woke up one morning to a starfish planted on his face. I don't know if that's true or false or not, but I do know Cookiehead Jenkins did live on a boat, and I do know there was a treasure stashed underneath said boat. Well, that's right. It's Cookiehead Jenkins. True or false, Cookiehead Jenkins once sailed that boat to here to there. I'm going to have to say true because there is here and here is there. But true or false, Cookiehead had to take Lance Dawes on the boat to the Cayman Island for an indie trip because Lance missed his flight and there was no more planes heading out to Cayman. I hope that's a true, but I don't know. The story is the story told. Who was there, who was not there? It's all the same story. True. It is false. Let me get this chew on. I'm having a cookie. Not to be cliche. I'm right on. Hello, everyone. My name is Darren Cookiehead Jenkins, and you're listening to Talking Schmidt. Let's get the Schmidt going. It's cool, like tonight is the night. Here we go again. Just give it the old cause turn, isn't it? All big dogs in. Schmitty. 96 times, Schmitty. Thanks, Schmitty. We on? Schmitty. Talking Schmidt. That's called going to the hospital, bitch. I'd be shitting my pants. Man. Your Rolodex is fucking deep. It's right. about the one. The one. The one. Who is this guy who thinks he's tough shit? What's up? We're tastemakers. Come on, Schmitty. What the fuck? Let's hear it for Greg Smith. Let's get this Schmidt going. I like that. San Diego, you guys keeping it classy out there? What the fuck's going on, everybody? We're back and we got a legendary day today. We are in the company of Mr. Darren Cookiehead Jenkins. How you doing? Excellent, man. Thank you so much for having me on. It's an honor and a pleasure. Dude. Pleasure's mine. The honor's ours. Yeah, it's, I was super stoked for you to see like uh, the board come out and stuff. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Sometimes it takes a hammer hit over the head to be like, reach out. Like if we could do an interview. We're friends. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I was really excited. Just the whole thought of it. I, I, I kind of, you know, I'm kind of like the uh, the the. I just kind of do my thing and just kind of slide on by. So it's nice to get a little bit of recognition. It, it makes a, it kind of validates everything that I've uh, been working for, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get the world uh, to uh, find out some early days. You were born and raised not in San Diego, right? I was born in Orlando, Florida, right. and uh, my father joined the military um, special ops training when I was two years old. 
which brought us out to San Diego, California, and I've been out here pretty much ever since. So 46 fruitful years. Nice. <laughs> it's a military town. That makes sense. Yes. Big time. Where'd you guys go originally? Where was your first? It was Point Loma near Ocean Beach. Mm. I vaguely remember it was a cool little apartment, like not too far from the coast and uh, just kind of playing in the sand with my brother. And then once we got assigned, um, they assign you housing and we got um, pretty much we were we were still in Point Loma until I was in sixth grade. And then I moved to Pacific Beach and then <laughs> game on. <laughs> PB is where it turned up. Is it, So did you find skateboarding out there? Or did you already have one in Florida before you moved? No, I found it all in Pacific Beach. I was uh, originally I was a BMXer, to be totally honest with you. And oh, okay. um, I just I got caught slipping. I left my bike out on the porch one night and I woke up and it was gone. And I literally like everything that I had in life. Um, luckily, my best friend around the corner, he, he saved the day. He hands me a skateboard. And he, his, he, he kind of laughed and said, try to keep up if you can. And um, I actually fell in love with the skateboard. So that was that. So what grade was that about? <laughs> Seventh grade. Seventh grade. And then you're kind of down in the Mecca, right? Like it's like skateboarders everywhere. Was there any parks left? Yes. Del Mar Skate Ranch had about maybe two to three years left still. Ah. Um, and I didn't know about any of the parks. Um, it was like, thanks, my little brother. What's up, Willis? He's out in Portland doing his thing printing and uh physical therapy business he's pretty awesome so he comes in the house and and comes running in the room and said he saw a bunch of skateboarders next to the freeway and i just looked at him like what do you mean skateboarders next to the freeway he said no they were riding like looked like pools and 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 stuff for skateboarding and we both go running into the kitchen and we tell my dad and my dad just asked my brother, do you remember where it was? And he said, yeah. So we got in the car and we went and that was Del Mar Skate Ranch. No way. <laughs> right off the five. Did that end up being your go-to? You go there a lot? Yes, that was that was where I learned. Yeah, that was 1985. Was that your first experience yeah. with Vert? Absolutely. With with any type of um, like traditional transition transition skating. I had rode some ditches and my friends had like some quarter pipes and stuff, you know, in uh -huh. the neighborhood. But that was the first real park where, you know, I saw real skateboarders, you know, all padded up and geared up and, and riding the keyhole. And it just blew my mind. It blew my mind. Who were some of the guys you recognized like early on that like stoked you out? Uh, I'm sure there was local pros and stuff. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yes. The first person that I saw that actually made me want to live this dream with Steve Stedham. I oh, right. kid you not. It was like the park was was full of like the blonde hair, blue eyed, you know, kids. It was like, you know, a mecca of that. And then here comes this dude with dreads and just charged through the pro shop and went right to the keyhole and killed it. And they all surrounded him like he was like chocolate god. And I was like, I want to be that dude. <laughs> My decision was made. Uh-huh. Did, did you try to like pro down with them or was, was it a little too much? Not at all. I was terrified of him. I uh -huh. was terrified of him. I never approached him at all. 
I just watched from a distance. Talk about uh, Del Mar a little bit, like uh, describe it. There, there's like the freestyle area uh, banks. There's like, wasn't there a remote yes, control, yes. Uh, dirt remote control or something next to it? There sure was. Yeah. I went there just twice. outside of the entrance. You go into the entrance and in the pro shop, they had, you know, you could get your boards and your stuff right there and get your membership and join. There were some video games. And then there were high ball courts to the right where you could do the bouncing, like basically bounce houses, or I'm sorry, um, trampolines where you could throw balls and stuff at each other. And then there was, there was a remote control track right next to the freestyle bowl area. And I remember <laughs> some of the guys would get tennis balls from the, the tennis area from the high ball and throw them at the RC cars from the freestyle area. And it kind of created like a riff that they didn't like that very much, but it was like everyone, it was just kids having fun. But um, I thought it was kind of cool that they had RC races right there. You things you don't appreciate because you're in the middle of being a kid and you're at Del Mar and having right. so much fun, but there was a lot to offer there. Those kids were really, really lucky at that time to have that. Sure. So was there like sessions yeah. where you knew like, let's say from five to seven at twilight, like we're not skating because all the big dogs get here from this certain time, but like, or, or was it just random? You know, it, it was just random. Like a couple of times I got lucky and saw um, there was a session going on. And that's where I actually learned the word session. There was, um, it was funny. It was Frank Hawk was announcing Tony's dad. They had some speakers up and it was Caballero, Hawk, Jason, Jesse, Mike McGill. Um, I think Magnuson was there. Stedham was there. And, uh, I want to say Gator was there for a second and they were just skating and we were just blown away, like watching these guys. And I remember his dad saying, yeah, it's not a competition. These guys are just having a session. They just showed up and they just want to have a fun day with everyone. And I was, just, uh, it was, I'll never, ever forget it. How and rad. I did see one big NSA contest there. The, um, oh. the GNS NSA contest in 86 where, where Hawk won. Was that um, Hawk versus Oi? No, that was 85. That was right before. That okay. was the contest before I went. I did watch that one on video. Yeah. So I actually wasn't at this one. So it was kind of like, like Tony just like, just, just ripping. I mean, but Miller was ripping. Um, Magnuson was ripping. Cab. Um, gosh, Gator. I have a funny Gator story because that's the day I actually, I was a little kid, just got dropped off there. Gator was walking out of the pro shop down the stairs and I know he's in a situation now, but it's just a funny story to tell. And I was walking up the stairs and he just kind of like bumped me and I fell down the stairs and he just kind of rushed off. And I thought to myself, this guy's a total, what a prick. You know what I mean? Like what the <laughs> hell? And then here I am, I get into the, I get into the contest. I'm up in the crowd and here comes this guy skating down the sidewalk with the same clothes on that the guy that hit me down the stairs with. And all of a sudden this guy was like my favorite person in the world. He just ripped. He came uh, rolling into the keyhole, did a rail slide around the whole bowl and went into, you know, his whole run. And I was just like, oh, my God, that, that guy is I, I forgive him. He's totally awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a tragedy what what ended up happening. But, yeah, he was like one of yeah, the top skaters uh, at the time for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's a sad story how that ended, you know, um, just a lesson to you kids uh, out there. Um, just always think before you act. Ladies and gentlemen, Tony Magnuson. Hey, Tony yeah. Uh, wait, are you on a Zoom call? Yeah. 
Schmidt, here he is. He's waiting for you to get in the house. What's up? Hey, what's up? <laughs> Hi, you guys live together? Yeah, I'm actually, uh, I'm a guest at his home for a little while. Yeah, oh. he got me out of Northern California. Sold my property up there and I was and kind we're of going skateboarding. floating. Yeah, and we're going skateboarding. Fuck this. yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Yep, so yeah, we're going to ride uh, Bob Burnquist's Dreamland today for a little bit. No way. How's yeah, that? Yeah, you, have you been, been there before? Spot. Yeah. You know, I I rode there a long, long time ago, probably when we first built it, probably close to 18 years ago when it was wood. So these are my first sessions where it's With been cement. concreted over. Yeah, Grindline yeah. went in and did that. Uh, do you do the Mega? Uh, no, it's he's kind of got it. It's kind of mm, no one's really riding it. You know what I mean? It, I don't have the setup, and it looks like it could use a little maintenance. So, oh, okay. Have you ever uh, done it? Tried it? <laughs> yes, I have. Yeah, yeah, I have. Is yeah. it scary as shit lucky. or what? The, the gap isn't even, it's just like it takes your breath away. All you hear is the wind going through your ears. Uh-huh. And then you get back to reality of like, all right, I made it. And you want to celebrate, but then you like, you snap back into another reality of like, holy shit, there's this giant quarter pipe in front of me. What do I do? And then your body just goes into like, <laughs> just... I don't even know what to call it. Like just panic, relax, air mode. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. I would just think dropping in like the roll into it would be the fucking. I remember Danny Way's video part where it was super narrow in like the rock zone. And I was like, dude, that's harder oh. than doing the gap. Like I'd be so scared. You can't bail. What do you do? Yeah, I saw that one. That was when he first made it. That was at point X. I did get up on that. And to be honest with you, I chickened out because like you said, as soon as you stand up there, rocks start crumbling down and falling <laughs> yeah. down into it you're like there's no way i I'm, i didn't i'm i'm not of course i'm cool i haven't got my life insurance plan isn't up to date i, I haven't made those last phone calls i'll just uh, I'll hold off right <laughs> um how did you get the name cookie head oh man thanks for asking man uh i was uh probably 1987 when i <laughs> first got on H Street, <laughs> and I had my teammates over, Alfonso Rawls and Jason Rogers, who actually was lived in my neighborhood. So we were friends before we even were on H Street. We were just lifelong friends. Oh, um, so we were over, and we were watching a movie called Hollywood Shuffle. It's a movie made by Robert Townsend, and it's actually the first gorilla-made film where he used his own credit cards, borrowed money from friends, you know, just did what he had to do to make this this underground blockbuster comedy it was like it had the wayne's brothers a lot of really famous funny people it was their very first movie so he, there was this one skit where a guy was named cookie head jenkins he was the best break dancer in the world no way and his rival was a dude named jerry curl <laughs> who used the curl activator spray to make his head all greasy so there was this battle between the two of them so jerry curl had cookie head killed Jerry Cookiehead's sister hires this detective <laughs> and then the whole skit plays out and it's just hilarious. So we would watch that movie over and over again. And then one day we were at a H one night we were at a H street team dinner and Alf was at one end of the table. I'm at the other end and he yells across the table, yo Cookiehead, pass the salt. And everyone just dropped what they were doing and said, what did you just call him? <laughs> and it was born. That's so it. Alfonso came up with it. <laughs> 
Alfonso dubbed it. Yeah. No yeah. way. How rad. So it kind of <laughs> came from the movie because his name was Jenkins more so than you were a cookie fiend. Exactly. Yeah. It just my last name was Jenkins. His last name was Jenkins. So it just by default. Rad. Okay. I'll put the two together. If you if you go to if you go to the world's best cookie place and you got a top three cookie selection, what are you going with? I'm going with my go-to chocolate chip first off, All right, and then I'm going oatmeal raisin, and then um, there's this one time of year up in Auburn they have an apple festival and they have these apple cookies, and it's like God's gift to man, which is why they only have them for like a month or two. So that's going to be my number three. Okay. <laughs> Auburn, huh? Just it's seasonal though. Mm -hmm. Rad. Yeah. See? Seasonal. Cookie connoisseur here on the show. I love this. My uh, fiance chocolate chip is her go to for sure. Love it. Mm -hmm. Nice. Um, Got good taste. Yeah. Uh, true or false, <laughs> you were sponsored by a bong company. That is so funny. I can't believe you just brought that up. I just told the story to Tony's wife this morning. Yes, I did write for graphics. Matter of fact, I have one of the boards if you want me to hold it up. Sure, so we can do show and tell. I like hold that. Let me, grab, let me grab this board real quick mm -hmm. for show and tell. All right, this was the last one of the three that they Whoa. came out with. This was called Police and Thieves. We had money printed on it. And it came, it's done from a reggae album cover okay. where you've got the thief taking money and then the cop taking money and then the thief <laughs> taking money and then the cop taking money. It's just a vicious cycle of thievery. That is and then epic. there's cash hanging on the board. And uh, yeah, this was my last model on, on graphic skateboards. They were a really cool company that was trying to get into the game. And rest in peace to Jeff, who passed away partying in a hotel. Uh. But that was a company where a lot of people really appreciated the other items that they made. They were really popular. Yeah. Was there other guys on the team, skater-wise? Yes. Yes. Choppy Omega. Oh, uh, boy. Portland, Oregon legend. Yeah. Uh, Sage. Um, Sage was on the team. Shout um, out. Shoot. Little John. Shout oh, out. Wow. Uh, was it based in see, Portland or um, something? No, no. It was out of San Diego, actually. They were, they were oh. a Phoenix, Arizona company. But they had set up a base in San Diego. Okay. Yeah, they had indoor vert wrap, everything. They had like a full facility. And it was Did like you guys go on really any tours? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we went on a U.S. tour <laughs> in collaboration with Arnett. It was really hilarious. What's that some crazy some shit time, that went yeah. down? I mean, you're with Sage, Little John, and uh, Choppy. That's got to be fucking hygiene. <laughs> <laughs> It was Choppy was the best. I'll never ever forget hanging out with that dude. He was just he was the ultimate hype man, but then he could throw it down. He'll hype it up and throw it down. For so, sure. Miss those guys, man. Miss those guys big time. I got to see him skate Burnside and I was just like Oh it's pretty that's special. Their backyard. Mm hmm Mm-hmm. That's their backyard. What year did you invent the invent the uh, sidewinder? Oh, man, right on. Yes, you even got the proper name. So the Sidewinder came about in Linda Vista Skate Park when I was always skating with uh, Mr. Peter Hewitt. Love you, Pete. Shout out. Uh, uh, Jason Rogers. Shout out. Uh, Matt Moffitt. Shout out. Uh, Smiley. Shout out. Mike Thompson, who's out there uh, doing his thing. Gosh, so many good heads. Um, Brent, Crazy Legs, Fred Olandi. 
so one day we're having a session. It was probably 1990, I think. And um, Dave Swift and uh, Todd Swank were there hanging out. And, you know, I'd like to do finger filled details. It was kind of like, I kind of like had a, like a, I like to kind of emulate shit that Jason Jesse did, skate wise. You just influenced somebody. They were like, they were joking on the deck and they were like, hey man, you should like, you should try to flip it the other way as a joke. And I'm like, I took it seriously. So oh, the next run, I tried it. And I was like, hey, that didn't seem too difficult. I think within 10 tries, I did it. And they just kind of looked at each other and they looked at me and they were like, yeah, whatever, dude. <laughs> and they just left it at that. And I loved it. And I, I kept it in the repertoire ever since. I've so, only seen a couple other people do it. Yeah. I thought maybe I'm. this is what my imagination was, was that you went up to do a finger flip lean to tail and in the air just kind of it went wrong and you flipped it back like it was an accidental thing. And you're like, wait a minute, this could. But was it uh, consciously <laughs> from the beginning you were like, I'm, that's what I want to do? No, it was just it, it was those guys sitting there on the deck and literally they were kind of making fun of me in a way like, hey, like you do them so you flip them so slow, you have time to flip it back. Like kind of like, you know, like, cause that's kind of like all I did. I really liked the trick. I would do it over and over. Uh -huh. So they're kind of like, you know, you've got time to flip it the, the other way. And I literally just took it literal. <laughs> so I started trying it. <laughs> did you, did you do it that day or did it take a while? I did it that day. Yeah. Were they just like, <laughs> yeah, that's what they, they were just like, dude, whatever and just stop talking to me okay <laughs> how, how did you get on uh h street oh man they used to have the california amateur skateboard league the castle contest and they would have a series for all the amateurs contests sprinkled around so luckily one year castle was at linda vista that was our home park so i remember everyone was excited fred pete like everyone you know we were all sponsored i was are you know that's the highest tier you could be in castle was sponsored and then that was your doorstep to you know the pros once you spent so many years as, as as you know top sponsored amateur so it was my first contest trying to get like real sponsors so i ended up getting um second place in the contest tried a 540 i actually did a christ air to fakie made it in my run i was Damn. super hyped and i was kind of like I was kind of, I had my trophy, my second place trophy, and I was walking back to the car with my mom, and I was a little disappointed that I didn't win, but it was all good, you know, I still placed. And I'm getting in the car, putting my gear away, and this dude from Tracker Trucks comes and, like, literally knocks on the car window as I'm closing the door, introduced himself. It was Sarge Carter, Chris Carter, and he asked if I had a truck sponsor, and I said, no, I don't. I, I just, I'm just, I just ride what I ride. He said, would you be interested in riding for tracker trucks? And I was like, oh, I'd love to give it a try. No problem. Like, I'd still So he asked for my address, got a big box of trackers. I was hyped. I liked them. And then pretty much that week, um, there was a session and Tony Mag was, they were filming the end of uh, Shackle Me Not. And uh, we just had a, just a, it was a heated session. Danny was there, a bunch of really, you know, the good guys. And I just was doing my thing. And then Ternaski, um, Mike Ternaski, rest in peace. He um, he asked to make to if I you know if I wanted a board or two, and I was like, yeah, you know, I would love an H Street board. Like, are you kidding me? Like, so that I think that week I ended up getting like a box of boards, 
and a and like a team letter thing and I was so excited like it was it was I can't I still can't explain the feeling I had to to get that and so I was like oh wow I I, I got boards and I just kept riding and riding and getting better and better and then like when it was officially like you're on the team it was just came over and then that's when I did the step fish 540 at the end of Hocus Pocus that was like the day after I was like officially like on <laughs> so that just set it off. Yes, it did. So yeah. that was the end of filming for that video. Yeah, that was the end of Shackle Me Not when I met those guys. Wow. Yeah. And then I was, and then I was around for Hocus Pocus, and then got my, you know, I got my, uh, you know, my little chops in there. Yeah. During that the little am session because there yeah. was a big focus. There was so much talent on that team, man. Holy crap! You know, so, you had a young Alfonso Rawls. Danny Way, Ron like Allen. just guys that were setting pace. Yeah. Oh my God. Ron Allen. <laughs> that guy was the hardest working man in skateboarding. He was always on tour. Always yeah. on tour. You would never <laughs> see him because he was always on tour. <laughs> Dude, I interviewed him and he was telling me crazy stories, man. It's funny. He said he would call up shops and he'd have a fake, he'd be his he would pretend he was his own agent and he'd be like, do you want Ron to come out to the demo? <laughs> so genius. <laughs> the best. At that time, did you know, oh. did you, did, were you aware in the moment, like this is something special or did it take like looking back and being like, wow. I mean, H street shackle me, I not hocus pocus. And it's like, I mean, we all know it's epic, legendary, like these times in skateboarding, like there was plan B, there was H street. Like these are just say Matt Hensley coming out with that shit. And you're just like, what? No, this is, this can't be real. And it's like, it's That's real. Pretty much. How I felt. <laughs> yeah, no, it was like, there was a new, there was a new coming. We, we took on the mantra that we were the, we were the David that was, capable of dealing with the Powell Peralta giant because that was like the team back then it was it was Powell dude. yeah like Bones Brigade thing was Powell Peralta you know Bones Brigade yeah so they kind of instilled in us like you guys aren't like a brigade you're your own individuals but you're a team and you're new and you're innovative so go bust go show them what you got right and it's a it's powerful when you when you get a group of young guys together and make them believe in themselves powerful yeah. shit happens dude well, yeah. so was there a lot of pressure like you see the talent that you're in the same video with are you like man i gotta fucking step it up or like are are you feeling that or are you just oh, in the yeah, moment yeah no, you're in the moment but it's that energy that everyone is is putting there there was never a verbal pressure like someone sitting you down going hey you gotta you gotta perform we're counting on you it was like it was it went without saying you know uh -huh. what i'm saying it just it went without saying uh, actually, it did go with saying once Sal Barbier got into the scene, <laughs> that dude would talk so much shit on you. You didn't hold it down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sal, you're cutthroat. I love you though, man. You made a lot of people cry, but it was in a good way. <laughs> yeah, Sal's not afraid to tell it how it is. I love it. Oh he my was not God, afraid to tell it how uh did you film it all with Ternansky? yes i did that was uh that last uh clip in hocus pocus mike had showed up 
they had had a full day of filming. He basically showed up at Linda Vista. It was myself, Jason Rogers, and uh, I'm not sure who else. And it was basically, he's like, okay, this is your time. He's like, you got one hour. And we're, me and Jason are looking at each other like, you know, we figured we'd have like the day to kind of get into it. He's like, no, you got an hour. He's like, as a matter of fact, you got a half hour. I got to go. So we just laid it down. And I just everything we did in that section went down in 30 minutes. Damn. Ending with that stale five. <laughs> Fuck yes. <laughs> Is that the one that has a basketball hoop? Uh, no, that's Andy's ramp. Oh, Andy's okay. ramp. That was in Terracena. That, that was a private ramp. Yeah, uh-huh. Andy's was private, which a lot of great sessions went down there. But that's yeah, where no, that was a private Tony residence. had a bunch of clips on it. Yeah, yeah, that was Tony's. That was Tony's um, headquarters. Oh, okay. <laughs> Out of the whole Eight Street soundtrack, because those those jams are always on our playlist when we're traveling. Do you have a favorite one from like all the uh, videos? You know, fucking Jeff Pettit, Je- Je- Jeff Pettit, or like whatever. Oh, okay. Here we go. Here's my favorite. That's the one. There was. That was my rendition of my favorite song from the H Street. Thank you. Oh man, man. it's like, yeah. That gave me goosebumps. (laughs) All right. Me and Cranny and a few of us have uh, this ongoing thing, right? Frontside Ollie. Mm -hmm. Who's got the best in the biz? Ooh. Chris Miller's fronts at Ollie. Beautiful. Close second, Jason Jesse. Third, Steve Clare. That's my top three. All right. I think so. Me and Cranny were talking to Jason about it because Jason's the homie. And uh, he's like, got to give it to Claire. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all right. Well, we're all we're in this. I'm in the. I'm, I'm within range. I hit the target. Yeah. Have <laughs> you seen? Have you seen this? This guy Jimmy Wilkins, though this modern guy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So here's <laughs> what I know about Jimmy Wilkins. In 2009, I was uh, blessed enough to be an instructor at Bucky's skate camp for Vans in Orlando, and there were these two. Wonder Children there, one of them named Clay Kreiner, one of them oh. named Jimmy Wilkins. From the day I saw those two, I literally said, the world is going to be a much better place if you guys keep doing what you're doing. And here we are. Dude, it's such a pleasure every time. It's insane. Like they took, it's it's like they studied skateboarding, took the best parts and said, I'm going to excel in all these things. Like, I could just watch FSO all day, though. It's like fucking beautiful. It's, and it's the beautiful. most humble dudes. That's what I love is like just oh, kind of reserved almost. Just like, oh, cool. Yeah. Like no attitude and just. They were amazing at that camp. The funny, funny thing about that was they were so good. I literally, and it's it's laughable now. I mean, they could do whatever five you wanted. Style was just for miles. I literally just put the two of them under my arms and went, can you guys just 
help me out and just learn a Madonna for me. Just something, something kind of, you know, something us old guys can appreciate. I can do everything. I can't teach you anything. Can you just do a Madonna for me? They just laughed and kept doing what they were doing. They were oh, like man. 12, man. Wow. Just killing it. Oh, dude. Yeah. First time I seen both of them. I remember, I think first time I saw Clay was at the combi and I was just like, what the fuck? I think he was skating padless and just going ballistic, like fives overhead and shit. (laughs) Just like, wait, what? Yeah. 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 The the padless revolution is not for the faint at heart. Those kids (laughs) have taken it to a level where it's like, I mean, if you skateboard, you know, you know, it's like, okay. This is inherently dangerous. We're, you know, you're taking it to the limit, but they're like taking it to the limit limit because they're just doing it just raw. Just right. like, I mean, what's next? Butt naked? Like, seriously, there's there's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing else. <laughs> <That's insane. laughs> they're killing it. <laughs> yeah. So at this time that we're talking about, are you still in PB? Oh, no. When I got on H Street uh, back then, I lived, uh, I actually moved into the H Street team house which was in Scripps Ranch in the early 90s. Yeah, oh. I moved out of my parents' house and lived in the team house for like a couple of years. Who is living there? Oh my gosh, that right there is a movie in itself. Okay, the oldest person in the building was Sal Barbier at 20, <laughs> okay? Yes! <laughs> there was Jason Ellis had just got into town, Tusk Pappas Ben Pappas, oh. Chris Livingston, there was a bunch of in and outs that were always there. Costin had lived there for a while. Mike Carroll, Tim Gavin, oh, Sean wow. Sheffy lived there for a while. When he first got from the East Coast, he lived there. I could go on and on. It was a revolving door of the world's best skaters and the oldest person being 20 years old. So That's- you can imagine the shit that went down. Uh-huh. <laughs> Did you guys have a pool table? There was a foosball table. Everybody's nice. thing was foosball. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. then uh, as you got older, what was some of your favorite, like, uh, you know, what bars would you hang out in down in SD? Well, to be honest with you, the big thing back then was going to Tijuana. We would go from Tuesday to Friday. If we were not too burnt out from the three days of that, we would maybe go Saturday, but then take Sunday, Monday off. But no, it was a constant go down to TJ and party. It was wide open. You'd only have to be 18 to, okay. to, to participate and go into bars and stuff. So everyone was, you know, like I said, everyone was at that age. Yeah. So that was the go-to spot. Did you ever get fucked with? You know what? No, man. It was, it was, it was all good. You go down there with a group of heads. You go to the bar. You have a good time. You have some drinks. You meet some ladies. You have a great time. And you walk your ass back across the border <laughs> or stumble. <laughs> In most cases. <laughs> Holy shit. A lot of stumbling back across the border. I just could imagine yes. people getting way too drunk in the wrong country and being oh. stuck there. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what you don't want to do. You don't want to talk shit to the federales because you're not in America. You'll learn so quick that you're not in America. So, yeah, yeah. that was a big thing is if, you know, you get that phone call that someone got hemmed up down there. You mm-hmm. had to rally the troops to get them out because being in jail down there, I heard, was no joke. Right. Cranny uh, told me to ask you what your favorite memory of Muska in SD was. <laughs> I first met Chad Musk when we were visiting my mom's condo. He was this awesome, dirty little kid that just hung with us all day long. Brian Lottie was my teammate, and he hung out with 
Perlotti knew who he was. So we just had a skate day together there. And that's when I first met him. But my most awesome memory with Muska is we linked back up. He just started becoming the shit on shorties. And we're skating down the boulevard in Huntington Beach. And I'm pushing my ass off, you know, trying to keep up, you know, just hopping. He's just, he's a little bit ahead of me. This fool grabs onto the back of a city bus and just takes off like a rocket. And I didn't even know what to do. Here I am just getting further and further away. But it was the raddest thing I'd ever seen because he held on for like a quarter of a mile. <laughs> he, was, he was gone. It was the raddest thing ever because it was like the last thing I thought was to grab onto a city bus and get pulled. So Amazing. props okay. to him for stitching, <laughs> leaving my ass in the dust. <laughs> um, where do you think your favorite place is that skateboarding has taken you? Um, Rome, Italy, and uh, I have to say Vancouver, Canada. Ah, um, there's slam city jam. people. A lot of yes, slam city jam. One of my all-time favorite events. Absolutely, cool. yeah. so many good people from all over come together in that town and just have such a good time. I really miss those events. That was like BC Place or and that big pavilion. Yeah, that, yeah. honestly, I looked forward to that. Like that was that was something that was really special. You know, would you? What were some highlights in Rome? I've never been there got to be a, a um, super it epic just, it was nice seeing all the the architecture the, the coliseum all the old stuff like that but it was kind of just a it was i got picked to go do a nike commercial there with uh weed man and jesse fritch and chani jangolin oh, and a couple other heads it was a, it was a really cool week man to be honest with you it was a really cool experience uh-huh to be to get treated to get treated so nice and to uh and to work with such amazing people i mean i met Savion Glover, and we got to hang out with Questlove from The Roots all week. Oh, it was amazing. Hey, yeah. that's cool, man. Week. What about living on a boat? Yeah, my man, that <laughs> is the best thing in the world, man. If you like getting rocked to sleep like a baby, live your ass on a boat because that's what the ocean does to you at night. Rocks you to sleep like a baby. I bullshit <laughs> you not. Um, it's just you know you kind of take on that 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 pirate freedom persona. You learn how to live with just the necessities. Um, there's no room for clutter on your shit unless you got a big ass boat, which means you got a lot of money. So yeah. other than <laughs> it's like, then who cares? But um, no, it's, it's cool, man. There's nothing like being out there on the, uh, on the ocean. Um, it, it makes you realize that you're, you're a very small piece of the puzzle. The ocean is massive. There's more water than land as everybody knows. But when you're just out there, it's just like you really realize, especially when you get to a point where you can't see any land mm. anywhere, mm-hmm. you really, you just, it just humbles you, you know? But there's beautiful things out there, man. I was lucky enough to be in a school of about 4,000 dolphins. And the shit that a dolphin does out in the wild is more insane than stuff they do trained at SeaWorld. They naturally do those flips, they naturally jump like crazy high, but uh-huh. they do it for the fun of it, for the love of it. Yeah. Like, I mean, there was, they were nuts. It was insane. Wow. I love dolphins yeah. so fucking much. How long were yeah. you living on so the boat? Two years. Two years. Two years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's get into this pro model. How does it all go down? Is it a surprise? Is it talk to you about? It's like, 
okay, let me bust out the first one that we were trying to come out with, but um, I'm sorry, Santa Cruz. There was no harm. There was no foul intended, but they got really mad. Let me show you the first board we tried to come out with. Okay. Let me grab it. No way. Just the old cease and desist. Okay. Oh, we got the cease and desist. This was the cookie stop. Oh, okay. It was the arm coming out of a cookie. Yeah. You know, we Jim loved Phillips. it. We were no harm, no foul. We just really, you know, it was one of those boards where it was like, hey, this is iconic. But uh -huh. uh, Tony Tony Mag said that um the uh the, the uppers at NHS said, no way, don't do that. We What's own that. that. So uh. he stopped. And then um, you know, there was a little there was a big gap in the time with the boards. And then um I'm having a conversation with, you know, the cat's just gotta come out of the bag. I'm sorry, Mr. L, but We'll call him Mr. L, Mr. BL, um, greatest skateboarder that, you know, the planet has seen. I mean, it just I'm just going to say Mr. BL. You can put it together for yourself. Uh -huh. Had a really great bowl. He drives cars. I'm going to leave it at that. So we're having a conversation, and I told him about a graphic I wanted, and he's like, that graphic idea sucks. And I was like, thanks, friend. Appreciate that. He said, you should maybe do this. I'm not saying he said to do it, but he might have suggested it. And uh, now I have a graphic that everyone seems to love, and I personally love it too. <laughs> were, you, were you a fan of Ray Bones Rodriguez? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it was the last thought that would have come across my mind is to do something like that. But yeah, that was a board that I, I wanted and never had. Right. Couldn't afford it. It was like the iconic when I first started skating. I told this story a million times, but me and three other friends, so four of us go into a skate shop, pal boards, one each, but we can't have the same one. So it's like Lance, Cab, Hawk. But the school and sword was like, it was like that graphic that just wouldn't go away. You know, eventually it's the ripper, but the school and sword was like the cool, like, ah. And then Blender was like, yes. enough schools, bro. <laughs> I love that shit. <laughs> I love Mr. Neil Blender, man. He's the, I love that dude. He's the best. He's, oh, man. He's the best. <laughs> so you and Lottie, I guess, are talking about the graphic idea. So you kind of know they're going to do this then, right? No, 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 not, not Lottie. Oh. This is a this is a bowl skater. Oh. Oh yeah. Oh see. Oh yeah. It gets deep. Oh see. BL. Okay. Scratch the beanie now. Yeah. I, I got it. No comply the channel at Tony okay. Hawks. <laughs> <laughs> you mean no comprende? <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, I'm actually interviewing him next week. So if you got a question for him, we can toss that in there. But uh but like, so yeah, did Eight Street kind of approach you and said like, hey, we want to do this? Yeah, they were, they were just like, hey, you have an idea. Like you have a, for another graphic. And like I said, I my original idea that I wanted, you know, he was like, you know, okay. He's <laughs> just straight up just said it sucks. <laughs> but, see, that's what you need in life. You need friends that are honest, man. Yeah. Really honest. Absolutely. <laughs> so that just came out like what, in the last month or so? Yeah, yeah, just uh, shoot. Hold on a second. Hey, Monica, 
When did the cookie board come out? A couple weeks ago. Thank you. See with that Roscop yeah. arm and one, it should have been reaching into the cookie jar. And then it's like, who stole the cookie from the cookie jar? And then it's Roscop, not me. You just influenced somebody. <laughs> That's such a good idea. Hey, yeah. you know what? We might have to bring it back after this. To yeah. See if we can pull that off. That's genius. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll steal your graphics. Yeah. You steal our cookies. Like, fuck it. <laughs> well, dude, what's going on with you then in 2021? Like, we had a fucking, I'd like to call it the worst year of my life last year. And uh, this yeah. year, we're trying to just Same keep stuff. the glass half full and say it doesn't matter. It's going to, we're going to fucking, we got through that. We can get through anything. But like, you guys are skating. That's rad. Yeah, that's, I mean, God bless. I had two sessions last year in 2020, both of them at Tony Hawk's yeah. six months apart. Right. And um, it's it just, you know, life was just doing what life was doing to everyone. And, um, you know, it, it's nuts. I mean, I have a two year old son who's with his mother um, in uh, Las Vegas. Okay. Doing our own things. But Miles Jenkins, daddy loves you. What's up, little dude? Um, and uh, that was my year, man, like dealing with 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 i guess what you would call adult man drama on top of pandemic uh, so um very real and skating definitely it it saved my life it saved my mentality you know what i mean i'd get out there and just let it all hang out those two times that i could and it just made such a difference in life so this year just looking forward to you know promoting the board having fun just you know, uh, hopefully eventually being able to get in touch with everyone, you know, but until then, just do what we got to do. Like you said, glass half full until we can fill it up. Right. Have you have you gone yeah. down to uh, any of these big Wednesdays with Navarrete? Sure have. I was there with the one where he had the half pipe up in his, uh, in his driveway there. And then a couple of the ones before that on the boardwalk. That's a that's a great thing they're doing. Bring that it whole vibe back. And, and it's going to so be cool. working out. I've loved Darren from the moment I met him and the rumble. I've gone to everyone and I'm, I, I text him regularly. I'm like, dude, I got to wait a little bit. Cause like we're respecting the pandemic and all that, but like, I, I want to be there for one of those, at least one, you know, I'll come down for a month and I'll hit four in a row. Oh, they're just getting bigger and bigger. I mean, just wait till the weather really warms up. And you know, like you said, things, once things kind of settle down, it's going to go off. That's uh -huh. going to be a, that's going to be a showstopper. I mean, the, actually the cops did show up uh -huh. at the half pipe one, but they were really cool. They, they didn't gangbusters in and Billy club, nothing. They actually stayed and watched for like 20 minutes, mm -hmm. kind of like said, you know, the little words and went their way. And they started taking the ramp down a little after that. But I mean, from what I heard and what I saw, it was a great time had by all for like a good few hours, you know? Right. Fuck. And these days that's priceless. I mean, you get the best yeah. dudes together and just have good spirits. It's there's going to be a way to just keep it going. Like if if there's some bullshit, then it's going to be terminated, obviously. But these guys are handling it yeah. the right way, and I think yeah, this looks like a great thing. So hype for Darren. Yeah, it man. was super controlled chaos, man. Props to those guys, and I love you, Danny. Way good to see you, Navarrete. Love you too, man. Always shout out Hewitt once again. Shout uh, out Al Partnan. Shout out boy. Um, Rhino. Shout always out. Always love seeing you. Uh, everyone, 
that shows up at that man cookie head sends out love man all you guys are part of my skateboard life can we get you a cookie sponsor that would be awesome how do we do it that could go down yeah i don't know but to be honest with you i think i should have always had a headphone sponsor you know i've always skated with headphones in there's not been a time that i've never skated without headphones in okay it's called yeah, Bose. The sound of skating. No, that would be kind of awesome. But to be honest with you, the sound of skating at a at a at a high speed, high air level terrifies me. The fast grinding, the super hard Madonna tail smacks. It's kind of terrifying. Yeah. So I have to have something to tranquilize me with the music to keeps me calm. Uh-huh. I just started skating without headphones in just last year. I mean, I had two sessions, but I didn't have music in, which is, that was a first. Oh, shit. Okay, so we need to get you a headphone sponsor, a cookie sponsor, and then we're rolling. (laughs) 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 Shit, yeah. We always end the show with, like, a song that, like, you want to put down, like, that whatever represents your day or your mind or anything that you're stoked on music wise. Um, um, man, thank you so much. I got it right off the top of the head, man. First of all, I would like to say for the last five years, MF doom has touched me mentally and spiritually. When you listen to what he says, sometimes it may sound, excuse me, repetitive in some of the rhymes, but that dude is dropping subtle knowledge on you in a very calm way. And when he passed, it, I, it hurt deeply. So MF Doom, Cash Draws is my preference if you want to go out with it. But you can put anything MF Doom on and it'll make my heart content. But man, thank you so much for asking that and giving me the opportunity to express myself and, and be seen and your platform. Love you, man. Okay, so good to love. see you. You too, man. Hey, before we before we coming, man. Huh? And I got your mug coming. Oh, sick! (laughs) Thank you so much for taking the time. Um, Tell Tony I'm down to do one with him if he ever wants to uh, spend like an hour of his day or something. We can do it. And uh, oh, he would love to. And I want to get one of your boards too. We got one coming on the way. Uh, I would love to say that I could get one to you right now, but man. For some reason, those suckers are sold out. So next batch, we got you, baby. That's a good problem. We got you, baby. That's a good problem. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Enjoy Bob's and fucking hopefully I'll see you sooner than later. Absolutely, man. Stay safe. Love you. Love your crew. Thank you for your time, man. Fuck yeah. Cheers. Oh, yeah. Peace and love to everyone. Thank you. Back at you. By the way, I reel on bad dreams, back up screams and fifties. Fear for mad schemes that heat shop like Jiffy. Pop, pop. In an instant, get smoked like Winston cigarettes. Holes get ripped off like Nicorette. In real life, the real tripe scene might snatch your life like a salt machine. Rifle, dead up, set up like bullfight. Be blooded, how will I cut it white or in full flight? The unemotional, call me antisocial. On the run, off the gun, death tally commercial. Death Valley is like rehearsal to the streets, to my peeps. GM, MF on the beat, rhymes. It's chosen like the weapons of war. So keep from stepping on my floor or delivery front door. I bring it to y'all motherfuckers, master yours. My disaster cause hell and gas drawers. 
The super villain, cooler than a million. I'll be chillin', still quick to slice squares like Sicilians. Don't make me have to hurt the feelings. I'll ruin you in the dirt that I'll be doing in my dealings. Sending spirits through the ceiling, chrome peeling, dome blown. Within the comforts of your own home, grown big, wheeling and high rolling. I hold it lie, keep the style on my eyes swollen. Holdin', a pal, known as massive versatile. I like to big them up, monster owl. Sub rock and black Jew, I crack proof for two more free men to up. I hit the brew up like nobody, nobody knows how knows. extra unseen feels when giving crews a brush with death like between meals. Two times a day with brothers as tight like a noose. With more rhymes than you, so Dr. Seuss and motherfucking mother goose. Exorcist, Mrs. Furder, whoever you hook or hurt her. Next to malicious murder, track type vicious. Fulfilling the pipe wishes, the missus may be legal. Minus the baby eagle, any given summer's eve, don't breathe. 16 shots, I do believe, and one up the sleeve. Master of the O, who predict your last pause? I told y'all, hell and gas, drawers breaking, glass and plastic jaw, like federal drastic law. Fed up from fight, secret war, with them fantastic fools. Versus doom with the metal face, before it go to state. The whole better settle case, the flow is at pedal pace. Steady like tricycles, beware all suckers, froze like icicles. Bag em up. And bagging bitches like nickels, cause I lick them where they tickle. Before I hit the clip though, I'ma spit till I pronounce. More hits than an ounce, no doubt. About to bounce, extra unannounced, I'm out. And I like to give a shout out to the brother Jet Jaguar. Megalon. Very 